All right, let's go to hour number three. It is a three-hour show. I am Jim Rome. Nice to have you here. You know, honestly, some of you are buying A-Rod's explanation. Some of you. Not, not a lot of you. Well, one of you. Not this guy. Oh, Blaze. Remember Blaze. Blaze in KC. Throwing it back. Check him out. Quote, A-Rod says he fell asleep in the sun. He would have needed to fall asleep on the sun to come out like that. Dude could set off a smoke detector. Hey, Blaze. Good turn of phrase. I like that. Blase. Blase says he fell asleep in the sun. He would have needed to fall asleep on the sun to come out like that. Well done, dude. Blase. Jamie in Green Bay. Jamie in Green Bay generally is pretty good at this game. The game that is the jungle. Quote, I have never knowingly, knowingly tan bedded A-Rod. Jim, great take on spray rod. Larry in Albany. At Table Slam Stan. A-Rod looks great. Regards people who lack the patience to properly toast a marshmallow. (laughs) That's funny, dude. I don't know why that's funny, but that's funny. It's true, isn't it? Like, if you're not willing to sit there and just kind of twist it perfectly and pull it back, but you just drop it in there and it catches fire, and then you're like, oh, and you blow it out. That's what he looks like. <laughs> and Mr. Jingles 007, tanning bed? Get this guy a son. All right, there's plenty more that Baseball came from. Bat. Get this guy a tennis racket. One more that I want to read, though, before I move on to the next thing. And the next thing should include you on the phones. 1-800-636-8686. And Scott is that guy. Writes, Cam Newton is used to lining up against 11 guys trained to knock his neck loose. You think he's going to sweat seven dad bod looking peaked in high school types? Please. I'm a loyal friend. Please. But if you come to me saying, hey... Let's jump Cam Newton. You're on your own. I like that. Romeo, I beat everyone's ass while wearing a wizard hat. I did. I actually did that while wearing a Harry Potter hat. Signed, Cam in the hat. Fee in the fee gets credit for that. Sean's getting in a little over his skis here. Hey, Rome. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. There it is. (laughs) Good one, Tom. Hey, Rome. A hat at rest will remain at rest. And a hat in motion will remain in motion. Unless it is acted upon by not one, not two, not, not three, four, not four, not, not three, five, not six. Not four, not five, not six. Not seven. Not seven. Outside forces. Signed, Cam Newton's Law. Well played. 
Well played. I'm surprised that so many of you taken those videos and turned that into something pretty funny and smart. I didn't have that kind of faith in you clones, honestly. All right, so as I'm looking for telephone calls, I'm not taking any phone call. Why? Because I don't need to. But I'll take a phone call that will make it better. Meantime, I want to talk about Rick Pitino. I can't believe it. Another day, like he jumped the weekend. We're still talking about this guy. When he was hired by St. John's, I was fired up. I thought, man, that is such a good thing. That is such a good thing for St. John's. That is such a good thing for college basketball. And then most importantly, that is such a good thing for me. I don't want to make it about me, but that was a good thing for me. Because my favorite team is team content. And over this past week, the dude has absolutely proved my point. I mean, how much run has St. John's basketball gotten over the past week? Probably more run than they've gotten in the last two decades. When was the last time St. John's was even remotely relevant, let alone one of the more entertaining programs in the country? I mean, when Chris Mullen was running the floor? Walter Berry? Louis Carnesecca? When? See, Felipe Lopez for sure. My man Ron Artest. See, this is the deal with Patino. He is entertaining. He is a winner and an entertainer. And he just had one of his all-time most entertaining weeks at age 71. Say what you want about the man. But this guy still got it. That cannot be denied. Not after yesterday. Not after he showed up to MSG in his legendary white suit. All you had to do was take one look at that fit. And you knew. You knew. One look at that gleaming white Armani suit. Now, you know I'm a David August guy. But game respects game. And before I met David August, I used to go into the Armani store. One look at that gleaming white Armani suit, and you knew this dude still got it. More importantly, you knew there was no chance in hell that team was losing. Not when that guy walked out in that fit. You want to talk about a vintage throwback. You want to talk about showing up looking like a million and then having your team rise to your fit. I want to repeat that. You want to talk about your team rising to your fit. Look great, feel great. Feel great, coach even better. You can't show up to Madison Square Garden in a white Armani suit and then lose to the 15th ranked team in the country, even if the 15th ranked team in the country just beat the top ranked team in the country. You can't. There was no way that team, no matter what he said about them, no matter how hard he dragged them and said he didn't, there is no way you play for that guy and he walks out onto the floor at MSG, the Mecca, looking like that, and you don't pick him up. Naturally, they did. Not only did they win, they beat up on Creighton. Even though Creighton just got done beating up on the best team in the country. And all of this comes at the end of a week that began like this. I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even, even the Celtics, when we lost, 
I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. That will always be one of the all-time, all-time great coach takedowns of his own team. That doesn't even factor in the guys that he mentioned by name. That is an all-time, all-time harsh example of a coach ripping into his own team. I mean, this dude has been through scandal. He's had a championship vacated. He's lost jobs that he didn't want to leave. And yet he called this his least enjoyable experience ever as a head coach. What an incredible line. However, if you know anything about the man, right out of his playbook, running the Rick Patino playbook to perfection. Now, initially, he didn't deny it. He doubled down. But in the end, to his credit, he owned it. Even after he did double down and say that he didn't rip anybody, even though he ripped everybody. But in the end, this is how he apologized to his team. I went home, talked to my wife, and came back, and I said to my staff, anybody, guys, any of them upset? I said, a couple of feelings of hurt. So I immediately went in the team and told them, I absolutely love you guys. I would never, ever want to embarrass you, but it's my bad. I'm at fault. So apparently that was enough. That worked. He owned it. The team moved on. Then he showed up in a white suit, and those dudes found a whole other gear. It really shouldn't surprise anybody either because, again, that's how Rick Pitino operates. Brilliant showman, brilliant motivator, brilliant coach, and this has always been his M.O. He's done this. He's still doing it, and he still has it, even into his 70s. Something tells me this is no longer his least enjoyable coaching experience. Judging by his postgame comments yesterday, my dude is suddenly having an amazing time coaching this team, even if they can't move laterally, even if they're not athletic. This is going to sound strange because of all that nonsense that was out there. As far as the team and coaches, this is the closest group I've had since Providence in terms of being together. They are a wonderful group of young men, and I was trying to rattle a cage a little bit to get them to play like this tonight, and they were brilliant tonight. I'm real proud of them. My dude, I think I'm always going to like you a lot, but when you say, despite all that nonsense that's out there, you mean all the nonsense that you put out there? Quote, this is going to sound strange because of all that nonsense that was out there. This is going to sound strange because of all that nonsense that was out there. Dude, what nonsense are you referring to? That nonsense where you eviscerated your own team? You mean that nonsense? You mean that part where you said they couldn't move laterally? And that it wasn't St. John's that was the problem? It was your players? And that this is the least enjoyable experience you have ever had coaching? And then you double down on all of that. Is that the nonsense you're referring to? Or, like, I don't know. I'm asking the question. Or are you insinuating that, quote, that nonsense was a media creation and not your creation? Like, dude, I don't even care that you did it. 
because anybody who has followed your career has seen that movie 100 times before. I I don't care that you did it. I'm fine that you did it. I actually kind of like that you did it, to be honest. Just don't act like it didn't happen or that you didn't do it. Or worse yet, that it was a media creation or fabrication. Again, I don't even care that you did it. Just don't act like it didn't happen. Especially because, well, the crazy thing is, it worked. He says he was just trying to rattle their cage. You know, I maybe kind of believe that. You can doubt this dude, but I'm not going to doubt some dude who rolls up to MSG after that week in a white, all-white Armani suit and then knocks off a top 15 team. And by the way, props to Mrs. Patino and the rest of the Patino fam who suggested the suit. And props to the tailor who took a little extra under the table to make an iconic college hoops moment happen. My wife kept saying to my kids, you got to wear the way. I said, that's Kentucky, guys. Um, they said, no, no, you have to do it. The players will absolutely love it. So uh, until 2 o'clock yesterday, I wasn't doing it. I called up Armani. I said, that white jacket you told me about, you have it? Yep. I said, white pants, white shoes. I said, let's go. Let's do it. I said, you tell it. When I got there, the tailor says, I can't, can't shorten the sleeves and do it. In, uh, I'm off in three hours. I sweetened the pot a little bit, and he did it. They do that, don't they? Hey, you you got to respect the tailor saying, nah. nah. Not even for you, Rick Pitino. I'm off in three hours. He saw an opening. He knew. But it is brass to show up like that. Says a lot about the guy. Says a lot about the team. Like, they didn't melt. They didn't fold. They didn't pout. He put them all on blast. Yeah, there may have been some hurt feelings. But they did not let him down when he showed up in that white suit, even though he lit them all on fire publicly. I love that. They didn't run to the portal. They didn't run to the media. They just came out in a must-win game against a really well-coached team, a top-15 team, and they balled the hell out. Of course they did, man. They had to. You can't leave your coach. Even if he hung you out, you can't leave your coach hanging when he shows up looking like that. Can you imagine if he pulls that prop? Can you imagine if he gets a tailor off hours to cut him that suit? And then you come out and you're like, clown, I'm not playing for that guy. And you lay down. Oh, man. How badly would that have gone? Can you imagine how upset, how depressed that dude would have been? He would have blamed everybody. The players, his wife, his kids. And then he would have ran to the Hudson or the East River, whichever was colder, and then jumped into that freezing cold body of water in an attempt to get frostbite and hypothermia while still rocking the white suit that everybody pressured him to wear. No way that you were going to let that happen, right? No, I I don't feel good. When we lose, I f***ing hate the world. So just so you understand that. No, I don't feel good. I've never felt good with a lot, pardon my language. So I don't feel good. I don't believe in those um, valiant efforts on the road. No, I feel... Like I want to kill myself, jump in the, in the cold and, and die of frostbite. I'm just telling you, multiply that by 10. And that's how he would have felt after rocking the white suit in MSG against a 15th ranked team. A million. If his guys laid down and didn't pick him up. That could have happened. Luckily, it didn't. Because he wouldn't let it. 
nor would his players. Rick freaking Patino. Now, that win alone is not going to get him into the NCAA tournament, but at least it keeps them on the bubble. Or I'll put them on the bubble. At least it keeps them in the conversation. And more importantly, it keeps him relevant at 71. Man, what a week that dude's had. What a week. Props to the players. 1-800-636-8686. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a time out, give you a chance to call. I'm looking at a few calls, see if they're worthy. I still have a really good episode of the Jim Rome podcast up. Greg Berhalter, the coach of the U.S. men's national team. So you might want to look for that. Also, ATPs, I need and ask the pro or two. Hit us up there. Hey, do me a favor. While you have a moment, get your phone out. Search for the Prize Picks app. Already on my phone, already on the phone of the entire XR4TI. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. For me, it is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. For me, I never even played daily fantasy sports until I found this app. Unlike other apps, on Prize Picks, it is just you against the numbers. You have one job you pick more or less on two to six players and their daily stat projections. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into 1,000 bucks. Also, quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players, sports, and stats. That's Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app today. Use the code ROAM for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Who does that? You just have to use the code Rome R O M E on Prize Picks for a deposit match of up to one hundred bucks. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Must be present in certain states. Visit PrizePicks.com for restrictions and details. You're listening to the Jim Rome Show. This year. Score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select Alienware gaming tech, like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor. Save now at Alienware.com deals. That's a nice rig. Let's go to the phones. First stop, ATX. Vince in the ATX. What's going on, Vince? How you doing? Hey, Rome. Hey, Pasa. Repeat offender here. Listen, a little bone to pick with you. A couple of weeks ago in our beef segment, I mentioned Jerry Jones, why he's still alive. You backed him up. I get it. Good thing that he hired Zimmer. But that's like he still has McCarthy there. You know, it's like somebody running you over than having the decency to drive you to the hospital. Good, he got out from under the Ezekiel Elliott contract, but who's the one that signed him to that mega deal, which handicapped me for years? Ward, Dell Diamond, Tour Stop, I'm out of here. Hook him. All right, Vince, I appreciate you calling back as, quote, a repeat offender. And you said, I got a bone to pick with you, Rome. You backed up Jerry Jones. Vince, my guy, I appreciate you. I think you need to provide a little context. When you say, I backed up Jerry Jones. 
based on a beef that you had. Put that aside for one minute. The, the hilarity ensues. I backed up Jerry Jones. Who's had more fun at that guy's expense than me? And yet you have a bone to pick with me saying I backed him up. For those who don't remember or don't know what he's talking about, what Vince said when he called up during the beef was, I'm paraphrasing, I got a beef with Jerry Jones. Hurry up and die, old man. And I go, dude, that's too much. That's over the line. I wouldn't say that. If that's what you mean by me backing him up, by saying, hurry up and die, then yes, guilty. I did support. I did have his back on that point. I've said a lot of things about Jerry Jones. Maybe that's the only point that I'll back him up on. And I've said a lot of things about Jerry Jones, but I have never said, nor will ever say, hurry up and die. I don't think, frankly, I would say that about very many people at all. Certainly not him. Maybe the worst person ever. So when you say, hey, I got a bone to pick with you, Rome, you backed up Jerry Jones. Well, kind of. I backed him when you said he should hurry up and die. And then I think you mentioned Mike Zimmer. I never said that Mike Zimmer was going to be the difference between them winning it all or not. I said I liked the hire. I liked the hire. They needed a D coordinator. He's one of the more respected defensive minds in the game. They need help defensively. They need help in a lot of places. I just, I don't, I can't condone the line, quote, hurry up and die. I know maybe nothing will change there until he's no longer there, but I would never condone, quote, hurry up and die. So if you have a bone to pick with me because I don't support that statement, then, well, that's where we're at. Just context, my guy. little context. Let's go to Richmond. Will in Richmond. Hey, Will, how are you? Hey, Rome. Good show, dude. Thanks, dude. What's um, up? Yeah. Um. Hey, I uh, wrote a little haiku about your best friends from Calabasas High. So uh, here you go. Warm summer evening. Lyle has lost his toupee, murdered our parents. That's the Menendez brothers. Thanks, dude. Uh, if that, in fact, qualifies as a haiku. I didn't measure it. If it, if it fits the, the 575 format, then yes. Remember, clones. I know there was a period where clones were all attempting haikus, thinking that haikus were three sentences. Like, like 24... 1938. That's not a haiku. It's got to be 575. And they're not, frankly, they're not really my buddies either from Calabasas High. I think they attended one or two years there. And it's not with great pride that I say that, but it is interesting, isn't it? All the good stuff at Calabasas High occurred after I left. You know, like the Menendez showed up. Incubus showed up. Ricky Schroeder showed up. My man Brett Saberhagen coached the baseball team for a while. He showed up. They started to get actual athletes. They showed up. Let's go back and count these syllables and see if this actually qualifies as a haiku. Warm summer evening. Lyle has lost his toupee. Murdered our parents. Wait, Alvin, I'm doing the math. 
Let me let me hear that one more time. Warm summer evening. Warm warm summer evening. Five. Lyle has lost his toupee. Lyle has lost his toupee. Wait a minute, back. Lyle. Lyle is one syllable. Lyle is not two. Oh, so close. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Upon further review, that does not satisfy haiku requirements. You know what's great? Not only did he spend the entire show on hold, he also sent in this email while he was on hold. Rome, get to the phone calls. Some of us have really important things to say. You won't be disappointed. Thanks, buddy. Will in Richmond. So while on hold, he was telling me what to do and how to run my show. Alvin, let me hear that one more time. Just for my own edification. Hey, Rome. Good show, dude. Thanks, dude. What's Um, up? Yeah. um, Hey, I uh, wrote a little haiku about your best friends from Calabasas High. So uh, here you go. Warm summer evening. Lyle has lost his toupee. Murdered our parents. That's the Menendez brothers. My best friends from Calabasas High School. Bro, I never met either one of them. Never spoke to either one of them. Not even casual acquaintances. Not my best friends. I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. I know that'll shock some of you. My best friend from high school was Spots. I will protect his anonymity by not dropping his real name, but rather just his handle. Spots. Hey, James. Okay. So that dope called himself a repeat offender. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Alan. Isn't that technically a self-gloss? I was waiting for the hammer... Disappointed that it didn't drop. Brad in the 360 cycling degenerate. Brad, I'm going to say that it's not a self-gloss or a handle. It's a description of what he is. A repeat offender. And it's not inaccurate. Paul Stewart writes, Rick Patino looked like a televangelist. Dude, how can you spell Patino like that and not know that that's not how you spell Patino? I'll never understand how some of you look at words. Maybe you don't proofread what you send me. But there's no way you can look at Patino with an A and not know that that's not how he spells his name. All right, so when we return, I don't know. I, I tried the repeat offender. I tried to take a haiku. Will, man, he was proud of himself, was he not? Lyle. No, Lyle, dude. Lyle has one syllable. Not Lyle. But still, 565. Five. I didn't even get to third line, so I don't even know if that's five. 565, five, again, is still better than 14, 28, 17. This guy's on it. Listening to at Jim Rome. Just makes me miss Patino that much more. Spot on, Jim. Spot on. Hey, Cam, what are you? Are you a Louisville fan? 
Kentucky fan, Providence fan, Iona fan, Celtics fan. Iona. And by the way, imagine a dude that could coach at both Louisville and Kentucky. Are you a Puerto Rico fan? Are you a Greece fan? I don't know who you rep. I know you missed the guy because he was there wherever you are. I just don't know where you are or who your team is. But coaching at Kentucky and Louisville, they hate each other. All right, when we come back. I like it. So hit me up with your ATPs. I'm rolling through multiples. You know that whole thing about how I might answer one of yours? I might answer five of yours or more. It's not too late. You can jump in right now. I already see a few I want to get at, but why not make it an ATP segment? Time to answer your Ask the Pros question. You submit the question. I answer it. It's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you want to still submit it, do so at cbssportsradio.com slash pros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Mr. Rome, have you ever consumed an alcoholic beverage while broadcasting your show? This includes the UCSB pimple in the box years. Todd in San Diego. You know, Tom, I'm thinking about this. You know I like an adult beverage. But I generally like it on Friday and Saturday and not during the work week and not during the work day and not on air. I don't even eat on air except for those almonds. And that's always tricky. Now, dude, I wish I had some like crazy wild. Oh, yeah, I got a story for you. I once got bleep canned on the air and they came for me and they took me off the air. The answer is no. And if I have, I don't remember. If one of you can catch me in that and remind me of when I did, by all means. But I don't think so. Almost, almost and almost as recently as Super Bowl week. The last segment, Emmett Smith rolled up with a big-ass bottle of tequila. And I think, I may be wrong. Tommy, pick me up real quick. You were running through the guests on the set in front of the Bellagio. Was he, I mean, he was there to promote his tequila brand. Or a brand, were they looking to sip on air? He would have had a drink. He absolutely would have had a, had a toast. And I didn't know about it. If I would known about it more than like five minutes before he took the stage, we would have had glasses there. We would have done it. It would have been an amazing way to toast the end of the show. But he, Emmett was there to drink. Yes, sir. Well, that's too bad. Like, I, I wonder why their reps didn't handle that a different way. I mean, for sure I would have done that. Are you kidding me? Like, a shot of tequila with Emmett? To commemorate a great week and a great run. That was the last Sports segment Network? of the week, too. is perfect. Friday, you last You could have come segment. up with us. Yep. It's true. The whole crew, we could have gotten everybody in on it. Well, that's too bad. All great. right. All right. So we, on the answer I is almost, it. almost, we could have. I guess the, the lesson all that is, if we do a conditional pitch or a conditional interview, and that interview involves booze, bring glasses. Bring glasses. We may, pay, we may play along. Let's see here. Hey, Jim, have you thought of a celebrity smack off 
alongside of the 30th smack-off, or something a little different, like a smack-off playing day. Darren in Green Bay. Darren, is the smack-off in and of itself not good enough for you? Are you not entertained, Darren? Do you need more? smack-off. Something a little different. Darren, the smack-off in and of itself is a little different. In fact, it's a lot different. To answer your question, no. I have never considered a celebrity smack-off alongside the 30th smack-off. And I'd even go as far as to say I will never consider that. As far as or like a smack-off play-in day, Darren, every single day is a smack-off play-in day. smack-off. Every day. Hi, Jim. Do any members of the XR4TI solicit relationship advice from you? Thanks. Bella B. in Calgary. No. Not even once. I don't think any human being solicits relationship advice from me. And and you could. I mean, DJ and I have been together 30 years. But no. Bella, I don't think that any of the XR4TI solicits any advice from me. They want to get their work done and get the hell out. Yeah, no, it's not set up like that. We don't pry. I don't pry, they don't pry, we don't pry. I'll tell you what, one of the reasons for that, we don't bring it to work. That's one of the things I talk about whenever we start with somebody new. That, listen, different job, different gig, different energy. We work really hard at it. And I care about you, I respect you, I admire you, or you wouldn't be through that door. And I wouldn't be setting up an office for you. But please understand this. Whatever you have going on, I care about you. I really do. I'm not saying don't tell me. I am saying this. Do not bring drama to the workplace. You got to be a pro about that. This is a no drama zone. If there's drama in your life, if there's drama at home, if, unless it's something that kind of transcends. I'm talking about like gossip, drama, that kind of thing. Not drama like somebody's sick or something really terrible happened. Absolutely, I'm there for you. But, quote, Relationship advice kind of constitutes drama, right? Like the only thing that I think even comes close is once Alvy said, hey, dude, can I talk to you about something? I'm sure, sure, Alvin, anything. Dude, do you think five times a day is too much? And I'm like, oh, you want some relationship dude, advice? Dude, no, no, no. <laughs> no, Bella, they don't. Hey, Rome, this guy's trying to hook me. What is the baggiest luxury sled you have ever owned? The one that Jano hit you with, really, Jim, when you rolled up the driveway? Thanks. Vince in Pensacola. How do you define baggy as it relates to luxury sled? You know what? Honestly, she has never done that. She being DJ. DJ's thing has always been, you work really hard, you deserve it, you never spend money on yourself, except for lots of Apple products, get whatever you want, do whatever you want, you deserve it. The only question she ever had about any of my rigs was a certain exotic that was not black, 
because strangely enough, we only drive black cars and only have for the last 20 years. We've never had a car that was not black except for this one rig. And I got this one rig because you couldn't get it in black at that time. It was on the lot. I was in love with it. And it was silver, but like the taillights were kind of, they were like smoke. It was like silver on black. It was just a different look. She never got used to it. She just would look at it all the time like, you know, I just, I just, I'm like, sweetheart, it's like the baddest rig on the road. Sweetheart. Like, like car people who know, know, and they stop me. Or if I'm parked, they literally, they want to see under the hood. They want to see what's up. The rig, it was so unbelievable, but it was silver. That is the only time Janet has ever once said anything about any of my cars. And we just don't roll like that anymore. We, we've buttoned it down. But that's it. Just the color. Not the make, just the color. El Jefe, I have an ATP. Why do you call your friend Spots? Did he have a nice pair of binoculars back in the day? All right. Honestly, now he's no longer Spots. Now he's Tiger. But he was spots back in the day. And not, this is interesting, he was not spots, or he's not Tiger because of spots. He's spots because he had a lot of freckles. So somebody in high school glossed him spots. Yo, spots. My old man used to call him spots. Hey, spots, what's up? And spots loved Jay. He thought that was funny. I'm like, hey, hey, pop, maybe don't call him spots. He's like, why? It's his name, right? I'm like, no, that's not his name, dad. You know that's not his name. But he was like, hey, what's up, spots? And then I started calling him Tiger because we went to UC, UC Santa Barbara together. We were in the USEN cashing checks, and some dude thought that Spots cut the line and said, Easy, Tiger. Tiger so I just started calling him Tiger for the rest of our lives. And now we're in our 50s, and I still Tiger him. Hey, Jim, does your cat communicate with you non-verbally? Pete in Youngstown. Which one? Dude, I'll tell you what. Cody the Ragdoll Legend, man, that cat will not shut up. That cat, for 10 years, the cat never made a peep. It's like the damnedest thing. I'm like, say something. Say something. Say something. Yo, Code, say something. Ragdoll Legend, say something. I put you up on social media, man. Say something. How about thank you? Now the cat will not shut up. I I don't even understand it. I don't even know what happened. The cat's like 16 now. For 10 years, never once even meowed. And now screams. Screams. Like, I'll be taking a nap, and he'll jump up on the bed and get right up in my grill and just scream and wake me up. I'm like, damn, really? Now what? Now what, Code? Yeah, they communicate. I, I, I think it's like feline F-bombs or something. Like, he seems angry. And I have no idea what he wants. Let's see here. Vance Mack. How does this jungle karma work? I mean, my prestigious local bowling tournament over the weekend didn't go as planned when I finished 32nd out of 119 bowlers. And yes, I do have my own shoes, rosin bag, and 18 bowling balls. Harry in the 716, war next weekend being my time to shine. How does it work? I don't know, dude. Unfortunately, you found several dozen losers bigger than you. You know, I'll tell you how it works, bro. You need 19 bowling balls. 19 is my lucky number. Go out and buy another one. 
And I'd just change out all your gear. I'd get some new shoes. I'd get a new rosin bag. I'd go, I haven't been in the bowling alley in a long time because that's not where I hang out. But I'd go to one of those cigarette machines that have all that gear in there that used to be a cigarette machine. And I'd buy some more of that stuff. Whatever it takes. Hey, Harry, let me ask you this. Did you send me one thing and wait for my response? Or did you listen to all three hours of the show every day for like three years? Tuning in for 30 seconds is not going to get you karma. That's not how the karma works. I don't know how it works. I just know that's not how it works. Do you listen to my podcast? Both of them. In fact, we have like five podcasts, really. All of them. Huge call brought to you by Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call or click Granger.com or stop on by. Damn, Tommy, we did it in all ATP segment. That might be a first. I knew we could. We did it! I knew we you could. It! My thanks to Jamal Shedd, yeah! Michael Malone, the XR4TI. Clone, step it up. Hit the phones hard tomorrow. Hit them hard tomorrow. See you then. We're out. I'm still out. <laughs>